All right, we're going to start in Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. You know, the heart of Grace Baptist Church is the Word of God and bringing glory to God. Amen? That is the heart of it. Um, as a matter of fact, go ahead and get Revelation 2, but look at uh, 1 Thessalonians I haven't preached this First Thessalonians text in years. It's I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians chapter three. Second Thessalonians chapter three. Dan New, when he prays, often refers to this verse. This is really the heartbeat of what we want to accomplish. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Finally, brethren, pray for us. So this is the Apostle Paul, Timothy, Silas, those that are traveling with him. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Lord, please help us as we study your word today. And Lord, I pray that this is a profitable time. And Lord, people have needs, but the greatest need that we have is to know you better. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. We just read that passage that said where the Apostle Paul is praying that the word of the Lord would have free course and be glorified. One of my favorite stories is a, a preacher had come from the United States or had traveled from the United States to England, and he wanted to hear two famous preachers in England. And he went to one church, a famous pastor, huge congregation, and he got done and he said, uh, what an amazing preacher. And he went and heard Charles Spurgeon preach. And he left and he said, what did you think? And he said, what a, what a great Lord. That's interesting, isn't it? The one was a tremendous speaker. The other one pointed people to Jesus. That's our goal here is to point people to Jesus through His Word. The only way we really know about Christ is through His Word. The only way we know about what He wants from us is through His Word. And it's interesting, and, and please hear this, it's so important that you get this. We live in the information age. Isn't that right? We have more access to information than anyone in the history of the world. So I want you to think about something. The greatest librarian in the world, the one who had the most understanding of all of the articles in their particular library, doesn't have access to one one-hundredth of the information that your children do through the device they hold in their hands. We have more access to information than any time in the history of the world, which means as Christians, we ought to know more about the Bible than anybody ever has. And yet, in Christianity as a whole, we know less about the Bible than any people ever have. One of the benefits of the Ancient Baptist Journal is we get to look at what, what preachers preached in the past. And so many of the sermons that were preached in the past, you couldn't preach in almost any church anymore because they wouldn't have any idea what you were talking about. So we have greater access to truth than ever before, and yet a, 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 a diminished understanding of the Scriptures. Now, I don't believe that's true about Grace Baptist Church. I think that you people have a, a really good understanding of the Scriptures. But how many of you would admit that we need to know more? Amen? We don't have it. Like Paul said, I've not yet apprehended. I've not arrived yet. I still need to learn. So the heartbeat 
of our church is to exalt and magnify the Word of God in every message. When we do the question and answer like we just did in Sunday school, somebody will ask a question and it's just verse after verse after verse after verse because our authority is not Jim Alter or Jim Alter's training. Our authority is the Word of God. That's our authority. That's our foundation. If God took me out of Grace Baptist Church, we would have a man come in who would hold to the Scriptures and teach you verse by verse by verse because that is our authority at Grace Baptist. Amen? That's who we are and that's what we're doing. But you know, I think most churches would say that. And yet that's not what is practiced. I think every church would say their final authority is the Word of God. And yet the sermons are a lot about the Bible, but they're not the Bible. And so what I want to do is, this is some, uh, this, what we're doing today, we have done in the past, but it was time to do it again because we have a lot of people who have come to the church who believe exactly the way that we do and who love the Scriptures, but who have never seen how we come to the information that we preach here. How do we study the Bible here? And that's what today is. So look at your handout. You teenagers, some of you teenagers will remember, I did this handout for teen camp a few years ago where the theme was, I know. And so my section was, I know that I can understand the Bible. So that's where the handout is from. We're going to use that today. All right, so here's your, here's your uh, number one. I must settle in my heart and mind some foundational truths. I must settle in my heart and mind some foundational truths. The first one is the, that the Bible is an open book. The Bible is an open book. What does that mean? The Bible is an open book. Um, it's interesting. Martin Luther took his copy of the book of James and threw it in the fire. He believed it was anti-legomena. That means that it wasn't really a part of the the scriptures. Do you realize how many people for, how many teachers for centuries and centuries wouldn't go anywhere near the book of Revelation? They called it the apocalypse of John. They wouldn't go anywhere near it because they couldn't understand it. We're in the book of Revelation all the time. What's the difference? It's the way that we approach the scriptures. That's the difference. See, they would believe that you can't understand the, the book of Revelation. It's too, the, the language is too uh, difficult and the images are too difficult. Why is that? Because they didn't actually believe the words that were written. They thought it was some kind of a spiritual picture and they couldn't figure out what that picture is. It's not a spiritual picture. It's him telling us exactly what's going to happen. It, do you see the difference? And we're going we're gonna to show you what that means here in a minute. But what I want you to understand is that if you're born again, if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life, if you have exchanged your sin for His righteousness at that point in time where you are born again, then the Holy Spirit of God is dwelling in you. Is that what the Bible says? So do we have anybody here that's saved today? If you're saved, raise your hand. You know that you're saved. Well, then for you, the Bible is an open book. There are only two things that, well, let's say three things that will limit you. Only three things that will limit you. Number one, your intelligence. If you're not capable of reading or understanding things, you won't understand what God has for you from the Word of God. Is that fair? All right. If you have reasonable intelligence, you can read, then you can know the Bible. 
Boy, it got quiet here like that was offensive or something. How many of you understand if you can't read or you can't understand what you read, that it's going to be difficult to understand the Bible? Okay? So that would limit you. The second thing that will limit you is if you don't read or study the Bible. Do you know, I know very little about trigonometry. Do you know how little I know about trigonometry? I don't even know what it is. Honestly, it, if my children's lives depended on it, I could not tell you what trigonometry is. Do you know why I don't know what it is? Because I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad somebody cares. Is trigonometry important? Some of you math people tell me. Is it actually important? Okay. I believe you. But it's not important to me because it doesn't have anything to do with what I do. Is the Bible important? It's different than trigonometry, isn't it? There are certain things that we can't accomplish without trigonometry. But there are eternal things that can't be accomplished if we don't know God's Word. It's so important that we understand this. It doesn't matter what your interests are. It doesn't matter the giftedness that God has given you. So I'm thankful that we have math people because there are things that need to be accomplished in our society that only math people can do. I'm thankful that we have historians or grammarians. I'm thankful that we have laborers. All of the people that God brings into our church and our society and our culture that allow us to have the things that we have. I'm thankful for all of that. I'm thankful we have people who are willing to run into uh, a gunfight rather than away. I'm thankful we have people who are willing to run into fires rather than away. I'm glad that we have all of those people. But here's one thing that all of those disparate people have in common. They all need God's Word. I don't need to know how to run into a fire. We have other people who do that for us. Amen? But everyone needs, everyone who names the name of Christ needs to understand God's Word. So it's really important for us to understand, to grasp, to comprehend that the Bible is an open book. It's just too hard for me to read, too hard. Have you ever heard somebody say that the Bible is too hard for me to understand? Have you ever heard somebody say that? Well, we all said that at one time. Until you read it a little bit more and you understand it more and then it becomes less hard. And then you understand more. Are there things in the Bible that are hard to be understood? That's what Peter said about Paul's writings. Something's hard to be understood. Yes, there are things that are hard to be understood. But what we all need to understand is that the Bible is an open book. You, If you are born again and you've got the capacity to read, comprehend, understand, if you're able to do that, you can understand the Bible. Very important. All right? So that was letter A. The Bible is an open book. Letter B. I think I just said this as well. I can understand the Bible. I want you to underline I. I can't understand the Bible. I don't mean Jim Alter. I mean the person wearing your socks. I mean you. And I want you to get this. I want you to realize that you really can understand the Bible. There are a lot of people, their, um, their understanding of that or the, their, their view of that is that's what we pay you for. And they'd point at me or Pastor Nathan. Well, you do t- pay me to teach you the Bible, of course. But you can understand it. And I really want you to get this, that you really can understand the Bible. I'll have people say to me that, you know, they'll be in a conversation with someone and they'll say, I wish that you had been there with me for this conversation. Well, praise God, it's nice to be wanted. (laughs) I like that. But there's nothing I know that you can't know. Does that make sense? 
There's nothing I know that you can't know. I don't have any special power from God to understand the Bible. Pastor Nathan has no special understanding or power from God to understand the Bible. Shauna needs special understanding from God to understand him. But as far as the Bible, we can all understand the Bible. Now, if you guys don't give me some affirmation right here, I'm going to spend the whole day on that. How many of you recognize that you can understand the Bible? Sometimes I'm so frustrated at my inability to communicate the significance of an idea. You understand, most of the people in the world don't think they can understand the Bible. Let me say that again. Most people in the world believe that they cannot understand the Bible. That's what they believe. I'm here to tell you today that if you are born again, you can understand the Bible. Amen. On your own. Very important. Look at letter C. Beware the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Beware the doctrine of the Nicolaitans mentioned by Jesus in Revelation chapter 2. So let's look at that. So in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Jesus Christ is addressing seven individual churches. The first church that he addresses is the church of Ephesus, the church of Ephesus. And so he, he has some things against them. If you look at um, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Because thou hast left thy first love. Now, look up here at me for a minute. I have heard so many sermons from that text. And usually it's a list that goes something like this. They had, they had left their first love of prayer their love of soul winning, their love of... And just a list of behaviors that Christians are supposed to have. How many of you have ever heard a sermon something like that? Right? That's not what the passage is talking about. There's something specific that happened. And I want you to see exactly what that is. So go with me to John... Keep your place in Revelation. But go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I quote this verse to Laura a lot. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, how many of you have heard that verse before? You've heard it. But I think there's another verse in the chapter that we may have neglected. Look at what it says in verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So how many of you want to know more about Jesus? You want to know more about Christ? Well, the way that you'll know more about Christ is by keeping his commandments. You love him, then the Father loves you. And what the Father does is he gives you more information about Jesus, gives you a better understanding about Jesus. That's what that passage says. All right? But now, look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will what? I hope you have those three words marked. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now look at what it says, verse 24. He that loveth me not 
keepeth not my sayings. Isn't that interesting? And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, yet being present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. What things is he going to bring to remembrance? His words. So what does that mean? That you can believe every word of this Bible because the Holy Spirit helped the disciples to write them down exactly the way that God wanted them to. All right, back to Revelation chapter 2. So remember what it said in John chapter 14, if, if any man love me, he will keep my words. He will keep my words. So back in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. So what had happened in the church at Ephesus was that there were some who had started adding words, phrases, and concepts to the Bible. And those words, phrases, concepts, these ideas started making their way into the way that the church behaved. And so rather than giving authority to Jesus' words, they started giving authority to church traditions. How many of you have ever heard that happen? Right? And so it's really important that we understand that any tradition that we have at Grace, Grace Baptist Church must take second place to God's words. All right? What are we going to do? We're going to magnify His Word. We're going to exalt His Word, that the Word of the Lord will have free course. So they started adding words, phrases, and concepts. Hold your place here and go to Acts chapter 20. I want you to see something. The Apostle Paul was leaving Ephesus, and he gave them some information about what was going to happen to them. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Verse 27, he gives the, what his method was for teaching them. He says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So what was all the counsel of God? That's the Bible. He preached to them the whole Scriptures. That was what he was doing. Verse 28. Now, remember this is Paul writing to that same church at Ephesus that Jesus was addressing. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So as a pastor, my job is to feed you through the word of God. Feed you through the word of God. Now look at what it says in verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. All right? So Paul is identifying two attacks that's going to happen to the church at Ephesus. The first one is grievous wolves coming in from without. So a few years ago, we had a guy come in on a Wednesday night who is from the way. He was from a cult. And, you know, we do question and answer. We do interaction. And he started undermining the doctrine of the deity of Christ. Now, how many of you have not heard that? You raise your hand. You've not heard that presentation. Go on our website. It's right there. I think it's still on the front page, right? It's, it's there under the audio. It will be this week, Pastor Nathan said. <laughs> it's hear Pastor Alter answer a cultist. It was such a blessing. You get to see a cultist come into our church and try and undermine the faith of the people. And then you got to hear your pastor answer him from the scriptures. What that guy didn't know was there were our men were behind him, ready to drag him out physically. They're pointing at the door. You want me to? They're going like this. And I, no, I got it. We, this is we're okay right here. It was it was fantastic. I, I loved our people's response to it. 
But what I enjoyed even more was being able to take the Scriptures and answer Him and show Christians what it's like when a grievous wolf tries to come in and hurt your church. As a matter of fact, that's what I said when I realized what he was doing. I said, folks, you need to understand something. We have a wolf here today. Not Jerry Wolf. <laughs> we have a wolf here today. Why? The Bible tells us, tells us, warns us that grievous wolves are coming in. And the Apostle Paul, again, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, told that church at Ephesus, grievous wolves were going to come in. Go, keep your place in Acts 20. Go back to Revelation 2. Verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. So there were some people coming into their church trying to tell them they were apostles. So those are those grievous wolves. They did a good job keeping the grievous wolves out. He called them liars. Now remember, we have a Christianity today. I don't know that on Caleb that they ever call anybody a liar. You know what I mean? We, we have a Christianity today that if you use that kind of language, what do you think about uh, Kenneth Copeland? Pastor, what do you think about Kenneth Copeland? Well, he's a liar. I can't believe you talk about a man of God that way. Well, he's a liar. It's just the truth. He's a liar. He's a charlatan. He's, a, he's an evil seducer, uh, making uh, absolutely destroying widows' houses so that he can have his own private jet because he can't talk to God on commercial. He's a liar. Okay, you see? So in, in modern Christianity, if you actually use the language of the Bible or the language of Jesus, you're considered unchristlike. Maybe they have a different Jesus than we have. But the only way you can know that Jesus is if you love His words. And then the Father loves you. And then Jesus Christ is made manifest or made plain to you through His word. That's what John 14 said. All right, so here we are. We're still back in Revelation chapter 2. So they've, these that say they're apostles and are not, and has found them liars. But the second attack, okay, so go back to, to Acts 20, verse 30. So in verse 29 is the attack from without. Those are those grievous wolves. They did a good job with that. But verse 30, they really messed up. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse Things to draw away disciples after them. So here, go back to Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Thou hast left thy first love. What happened was men like Clement of Rome, he said that the priest is over the laity. Well, there's nothing about that in the Scriptures in the New Testament. We're all priests. There's no priesthood in laity. We're, the Bible says that we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. The Bible says that God has made us priests and kings unto the Lord and will rule and reign with Him. That's what the Bible says about us. So I'm not your priest. I am your pastor. Big difference. That came from Clement of Rome. Ignatius said that uh, all Christians are part of this Catholic church. Well, there's no physical church on earth that everybody's a member of. There's the body of Christ. Every saved person is baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ's body. Amen? And where's that body right now? Jesus Christ's body is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what that's talking about. There's no earthly institution that every person is a part of. No, and all that, all the way back, that's Ignatius. He said that. Justin Martyr, 
Justin Martyr, he talked about salvation coming through water. And that can't led to that doctrine of infant baptism. Polycarp, the famous martyr, he said that we're all children of the church. Well, we're not children of the church. We're sons of God. Our salvation doesn't come through the church. How many of you recognize that salvation doesn't come through the church? It's just the opposite. You've got to be saved to be in the church. Let me say this again. You have to be saved to be in the church. So that's why you have to make a public profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ before you can become a member of Grace Baptist Church. We only have a born-again church membership. So Polycarp, who was willing to die, he died in the Colosseum. He was willing to suffer and die for his faith. He was a godly man, but he added words, phrases, and concepts to the Bible that has led to the death in hell of millions upon millions upon millions of people. Why? Because he was speaking perverse things. How do we keep that from happening at Grace Baptist Church? By believing every word of God and allowing this to be our authority. What happened? They left their first love. If any man love me, he will keep my words. Do you see that from the Bible? That's the heartbeat that we have to have. Now, look at Revelation chapter 2. So he has just... Look at verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. So they left his words, right? And repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. All right? So I'm not going to explain what that is right now. Look at verse 6. So now he's going to commend them. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. All right? So really the theme of modern Christianity is don't be a hater. In other words, don't be like Jesus. Did Jesus right here say, which thing I also hate? And then he's commending the church at Ephesus because they also hated it. What is the thing that he hated? The deeds of the Nicolaitans. What are Nicolaitans? Nicolaitan is an untranslated word. All right? It just means Nico to Lord over the laity. Laetans, the laity. To Lord over the laity. Jesus hates that. So that would be me saying to Evan, Evan, I know you're trying to understand the Bible. (laughs) You need me. You read the Bible and say, Pastor, doesn't this say that... The church says. That's Nicolaitanism. Chad, you do not have the authority to interpret that book. You don't have the authority. I do as a representative of the church. Have you ever been talking to somebody? You show them what the Bible says and that's the answer? Well, the church says. The church says that's Nicolaitanism. It's exactly what Nicolaitanism, God hates it. God hates it. Why? Because you're a priest. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you. The Bible says you have no need that any man teach you. But the Holy Ghost will teach you the things which come of God. Now, I always have to give a caveat there. 
if you find something in the Bible that God hasn't shown anyone else in 2,000 years, you're wrong. (laughs) Why? Because no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. You ready? This is so good. Let me tell you what this passage means to me. That's a private interpretation. Don't do that. You could say, look at what God showed me in this text. How many of you see that that's such a better statement? Because it really doesn't matter what the passage means to you. What's important is what does the passage mean to God and what are you going to do about it? Right? And so it's really important that we understand that, that, that the deeds of the Nicolaitans is saying that you have this higher class of Christians that can understand the Bible. Everyone else must bow before them and kiss their ring to understand the Scriptures. God hates that. Am I making it up or is that what the Bible says? That's it. Okay, now it's so interesting. Look at verse, I believe it's 15. So he has addressed the church at Smyrna and now he's addressing the church at Pergamos. And look at what he says in verse 15. So hast thou also them that, what's that word? Hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So the deeds of the few in one generation becomes the doctrine of all two generations later. So you have this doctrine of the church or the priesthood lording over God's people in the subject of understanding the Bible. And it went so far as to where they took the Bibles away from the people. And when anyone wanted to put the Bible in the language of the people, they'd kill them. That's what the church did forever, the Catholic church. Forever. Take the Bible away from the people. Now what happens is Satan has so jumbled the word of God that nobody knows whether they have it or not. You know that we could have 30 different translations of the Bible in this room right now. How could we study the Bible then? If everybody's Bible says something different, what is that? That's babble. That's confusion. The Bible says, if the trumpet sounds an uncertain sound, how can they run to the battle? You know, they have these different tones that they would, these these different songs or melodies that they would blow so that the soldiers would know what to do. If it wasn't clear, they wouldn't know what to do. Right? There's a big difference between charge and lunch. And what happens is you have all of these different sounds that are coming out and no one, you can't just go verse by verse by verse. Look at the words, look at the words, look at the words. See, that's the heartbeat of Grace Baptist Church. I am not your Lord. How many of you are very thankful for that? I'm not your Lord. I'm your pastor. And I teach you the Word of God and then your responsibility is to search the Scriptures to make sure that what I'm saying is scriptural. That falls on you. You're not just uh, uh, you're not just a hearer. You're a participant in it. You're an active participant, engaging, interacting with the Word of God. That's what our worship is when we come together. So beware the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Beware of that. All right. So number one, I must settle in my heart and mind some foundational truths. The Bible is an open book. I can understand the Bible, and I have to beware the doctrine of the Nicolaitans mentioned by Jesus in Revelation 2, 6, and 15. Let me just make one more qualifier right here before we move on. The Bible does say 
to, to respect and give honor to the people that teach you the Bible. Right? So I appreciate it when you guys say, Pastor, that was a, that was a good message. That helped me today. I, I appreciate that. It's good for me to know that what I'm teaching is helping you. The, and, and the Bible talks about giving respect to the pastor, that type of thing. Amen? That, that's clear in the Bible. But it's very important that you understand that I have no more access to God than you do. I have no more access to truth than you do. Really important. Why do I know more Bible than Alex? Well, I'm older, and I've been reading it longer. And you pay me to actually read and study and prepare. How many of you hope that I know more than a godly young man? I ought to know more, but I have no more access to God than Alex does. I have no more access to truth than Alex does. Man, that's such a vital thing for us to know. All right, let's go on. Number two, I will learn the Bible as the Holy Spirit teaches me. I will learn the Bible as the Holy Spirit teaches me. Letter A, pride kills. Pride kills. Letter B, how much you learn depends solely upon your walk with God. How much you learn depends solely upon your walk with God. Look at your hand out there. I've got a verse, a couple of verses printed. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him. But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Look at the next passage. It's from John 16. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. The next verse is from John 17. Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. That's John 17, 17. All right, look at letter C on your handout. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. This only applies to believers who have the Spirit. This is such an important thing. All right, so let her see. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. This only applies to believers who have the Spirit. And I have the passage printed there for you. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's 1 Corinthians 2.14. So the natural man. Now remember, you might want to write this down right there. The Bible deals with three men. All right? Three men. There's the natural man. All right? The natural man is the lost man. Not saved. The natural man is the lost man. All right? That's the first man. The second man is the spiritual man. The spiritual man. The spiritual man is the saved man. Now spiritually alive. Lost man, spiritually dead. The spiritual man is the saved man who's spiritually alive. All right? The natural man, that's the lost man. The spiritual man, that's the saved man. And then the carnal man. Carnal. The carnal man is a spiritual man living like a natural man. That's a saved man living like a lost guy. That's the carnal man. All right? Natural man, that's the lost man. Spiritual man, that's the saved man. And the Bible says that. But ye which are spiritual... But ye, that means you are that are saved. All right? The natural man, that's the lost man. The carnal man is the saved man who's living like the lost man. Okay? Now, notice what this verse says. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 
Man, so many times, I know that all of us do this. We, we come to a Bible study, we learn something, it's, we're so excited, and we'll go and show it to a family member, and they go, huh? Right? It's the shaggy response. Huh? Or uh, Scooby, I mean. They don't have any idea what you're showing them because they're lost or they're carnal. So the Bible makes it very clear that if you're saved, living like a lost person, the Scripture will be hidden from you. You won't understand the things that you need to know because of your behavior. It's real important to understand that. So what we need to understand is that we can know the Bible as the Holy Spirit teaches us. Pride kills, but the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into all truth. All right. I'm going to stop there this morning because I want us to take these next points over the next week or two and really get a good understanding from the Scriptures of how to understand the Bible. My goal today is two things. Number one, to establish again out loud who we are at Grace Baptist Church. We exalt God's Word. We don't exalt the preacher. We don't exalt God's people. We exalt God and His Word. And what that does is it edifies God's people. It builds them up, makes them stronger. I want to say out loud who we are. The second thing that I want to do is to make sure that everybody understands how do we approach the Scriptures. When I stand up and preach something and you hear and you say, where did you find that? I want you to know how I found that. All right? And then number three, really important. I want you to understand that you can understand the Bible. If you're saved, you can understand the Bible. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word.